Hello and welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. It feels like it's been ages since I've been on this. This is me, Mark, and I'm joined today by the amazing, enthralling party. Hello, interwebs. What a pleasure, profound pleasure, an ordeal of pleasure it is to be here. And it's not just us. We will, of course, be joined in a format by Deirdre. Yes. Our dear. fellow storyteller who'll be telling Deirdre. us a story today. She of the luxurious mane of hair. It is a fabulous, it is fabulous yeah. hair. Yeah, it's like a pocket universe. <laughs> <laughs> and the story she's doing today, I mean, it's a complicated story as... It is. As most, most Irish legends are. I, I must admit that when we first proposed this, I did feel a little bit dodgy being two men talking about a story uh, in which two women fight for a man and uh, and a woman is 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 used as a game chip by her father yeah i mean there's so many different ways you can tackle this but it is potentially quite dodgy looking that we're the ones having this conversation <laughs> but being aware of that and acknowledging yeah. our privilege i think is what we'll walk Will help us get through this part yeah, and men you know need to call it out and they need to speak it and you know they just can't go on pretending uh, like everything is okay because while the story is the jealousy of Emer, mm-hmm. Cullen obviously makes it about himself yes yes as he <laughs> as they tend to do as he, as he tends to do or rather I mean I, we put an awful lot on Cullen, but we have to remember this has been the storytellers and the and the writers the scholars over the years who have applied yeah. this to the character um, but I mean it's no smoke without fire party no uh, oddly Eimer's backstory is very believable yeah uh, for a back a backstory for uh, such a, a high lady in Irish folklore the, her her father uh, really who's from Lusk by the way <laughs> uh, if you know the village uh, if you know the village of Lusk County Dublin it means the, the gardens of Lou in the old Irish. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you know Lusk, it's surprising that it was such a place where you would have had a, a, had a chieftain, a king, a re. Uh, but you did, uh, the father of Emer. Not to say Lusk isn't, isn't a, a, a lovely place. Oh, it's beautiful. But you wouldn't imagine its, its significance. No. <laughs> no. Certainly the same could be said about many, many, uh-huh. many places around the world. But I, I kind of empathise with the father because he doesn't want to give away his... He doesn't want to give his daughter away to Cúchollan. Cúchollan spends 90% of his life at war, fighting. Yeah. Uh, in, usually in uh, water, for some reason, he enjoys uh, fighting at fords. There's a, there's a few he really does. fights at the ford in their life. Um, and... Uh, I, if I was a dad I had, I had a small girl I'd, I'd be like I'm dissuading her from, mar- from marrying the man that is very very likely to die uh, young that isn't going to grow old uh, in his bed yeah and there, there is that thing as well of that Cucullin tends to get what he wants yes and while it may seem inevitable in this case the father mm-hmm. does want to put him through his paces mm-hmm. I suppose we're probably as well listening to Deirdre Tell the story now. Yes. And uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a talk about it after the fact. So please, people, delight your ears and enjoy Deirdre's telling of the jealousy of Eamon. Now, 
The men of Ulster were furious with Cúchulainn. Not for his wit, not for his bravery, strength or intelligence on the battlefield. It was the female attention he was receiving. They were determined to find Cúchulainn a wife. A wife of perfect stature for him. They thought of Forgal, that man of cleverness, of slyness, who was well known, and his daughter was as beautiful as she was intelligent. When Cúchulainn was in the presence of Emer, she was intelligent as she was beautiful. She carried gifts that only Cúchulainn wanted in a partner. The gift of beauty, the gift of sweet speech, the gift of wisdom, the gift of needlework, the gift of a good voice, and the gift of chastity. The longer he talked to this woman, he learned so many things. She could maintain a conversation with him, and Kukula never thought that could be. They spoke in riddles, they spoke in lineage. They didn't even speak of themselves, they spoke about themselves in the third person. And when this conversation continued, Kukula knew that Emer had to be his wife. But when Forgal heard of the news that the Hound of Ulster had selected his child, he was determined to put him through some challenges. He says, you can only marry my daughter if you travel to Scathoc, that shadowy one, and train like my warriors have. And if you can handle her training, I can consider this marriage on your return. And when Cúchulainn left Emer, and he went to travel, he faced so many trials that were put forth thanks to Forgal, hoping for Cúchulainn's death and would never return. But Cúchulainn did survive, and he thrived. He was there by Scathach's side. He even had a child with Aetha, the enemy of Scathach. And when he returned those years later, he found Emer and they were married. But Emer always had counsel for Cúchulainn, always had advice. But when he returned, he would go missing from days upon months. After a while, she did begin to worry. But she did not know that Monon McLear's wife, a woman called Fan, this otherworldly creature, had been requesting the help of Cúchulainn. That god of the sea, Monon McLear, had stepped aside from his wife, and she was in such a painful place. Her land and her people were being tormented, and she needed help. Cúchulainn arrived on her request. And in return, she not only gave him a place to stay, but also her love. They met on several occasions, their love affairs, if you will. And with Emer still in Ulster, she sent out 50 women of her closest kind to go out searching for her love. She received the news. She did not want to hear that Fan and Cúchulainn were together. She tracked down the presence of Fan and Cúchulainn herself. She watched from afar as these two lovers were playing chess, a game of wits, a game of strategy. She saw how his brain would turn, how he would parse his lips just in mid-conversation as he would talk with her. She watched how Fan would use her magical ways. Her pearls, she would move on the chessboard as if they were the pawns in her game. 
But Emer did not rush in. Emer watched from afar, held those emotions so tightly in her fist, her knuckles turned white. She entered, and she watched these two. Is this the love that you truly desire? Is this the love that you were destined for, Cucullin? Cucullin could not say a word, but Fan said enough. Fan cried out that the love between her and Cucullin must be true and that Emer could have her husband back. But Emer cried, I have seen the love that you shared. I have seen the way that he looks and that you're better off with him. Fan recited some poetry of the love that the two shared, but they came to an impasse. They could not decide who Cucullin could be. They summoned Monarch McLear, Fan's husband, to join them. And when Fan saw her husband, she realised something. She realised that she must choose Mananon, for Cucullin had his equal in Emer, but Mananon needed his own. So she stayed with her husband, and with a shake of Mananon McLear's cloak, the two lovers had forgotten. Emer and Cucullin returned to Ulster and were offered a drink from the Druids to forget the situation. The taste of Fan's lips still on Cucullin, but the memory only stayed with Monona McLear. What a fabulous telling of the jealousy of Emer there uh, by Deirdre. I, I loved the, the way she really centred it in Emer's perspective. You know, yeah, yeah you it's, it's Emer's world. She's created Emer's world. Mm-hmm. And we've always said that in the museum about kind of looking at stories from, from, from different angles. But I've also enjoyed where people have played around and, and taken from an angle that kind of contradicts them. But I mean, Deirdre is Emer in that story. Yes. Yes, it is. A, it is a fabulous telling. Uh, the imagery is just so on on point, really, uh, right down to Manon Maclear and the magic cloak of forgetfulness. It's that's, that's such a handy device. Yeah, it's like that little thing in Men in Black, yeah. <laughs> and a flash in the face. But there's something about how Deirdre has done that as well. She's managed to do it in such a way where we see Emer as quite a strong character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She she's. Yeah, she's got her principles. She she's making yeah. the decisions, and and she is a strong character. It's uh, Deirdre didn't make it out whole cloth. Um, yeah, her father is afraid of marrying her off to Cullen and quickly comes to the realization that he Fergal can do nothing to stop Cullen if he wants Emer. But yeah. Emer goes to Cullen. She said, "Yeah, you're you're pretty handsome, and it'd be great to marry you." Uh, but you know, my father is shopping around. And you need to do something to impress me. Yeah. You know, uh, unless I can see that you're intelligent, uh, a bit glickous. As I always say, the Irish people always value glickous or intelligence more than innocence. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a strong female character and it's a fair female character. Yeah. In, in a way that may have isn't. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, that's just so valid. It's like I'm... He yeah. is hearing it for the first time. But it, it, what's amazing is as well is that she, she didn't compromise herself. 
she could have continued on being married to him and not mm. pushed it because it wasn't unusual for I mean relationships weren't as they are today no polygamy was was the way to go and you know um, in a, the way the laws worked was you know a, a widow was protected and she could inherit yeah so sometimes what happens if it's not it wasn't common because they were afraid they'd have to split their yeah but it was relatively common but she yeah. Emer decides what she wants what's good enough for her and does the the mature yeah. thing and it's amazing to see someone be so level-headed yeah. with a character like Cucullin, who's known for his fits of rage mm-hmm. you know he, he, he she is i mean i think he would have done well yeah with a woman like Emer, but of course he's no recollection nor does she that it ever happened yeah. and the lengths that the father goes to to ensure that she won't marry him is is some is one thing that always stunned me uh, one story has it has him uh, disguising himself as the king of the gods so yeah. he disguises himself as a French king and he goes and he tells Cucullin that he'll never be good enough until he goes to fight Scahuk uh, or to train with Scahuk uh, in Alba uh, but he, he had hoped Cucullin would die over there yeah you know so it's it's a father going a very long way to ensure that his his daughter doesn't marry someone who is intensely problematic, and yeah. and it's a kind of a, a modern fa- a father as well in a way that you're not going, uh, that he's not going. Well, Kukun's the most powerful man in 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 the north, so he'd be a great husband. Yeah, but you have to wonder what the motivation there is. I mean, the father. Yeah. There's I I actually don't know anything about Emer's mother, but no. it seems to be a situation where where he's he's there with his daughter, and I suppose yeah. she's there to look after him. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't want her to go off, but... Well, he offers her to the King of Munster, but the King of Munster says there's no way I'm touching a woman who Cullen is in love with. Yeah. Well, again, gives you an insight into his character. And I must say that uh, <laughs> from this story, Cullen isn't it doesn't come out as, as the best. And no. then you start taking off all of the very problematic things in his life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think as soon as you... Do more than just tell a story about Cook Cullen. As soon as you start looking at the character, you, I mean, there's a guy with issues, you know? But we get a window into a much more complicated love life than you get with Finn McCool. Finn McCool's, yeah, very black and white. Yeah, a much more complicated love life. You have the Aoife and her son Conla. By the way, Cook Cullen tricked Aoife into sleeping with him. Uh, yeah. yeah and, uh, because they had a fight... She said, basically, if we win the fight, you, you can have me. And he did the, the oldest trick in the book, which is your chariot is falling off a cliff over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, look over there. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it would, I would love to see it done as a comedy on stage. <laughs> it, it is just, or a sketch show based around the stuff, because it, it is, yeah, come on. So his first story is him disobe- disobeying his mother. Yeah. He's then... Um, how consensual that uh, the birth of Kunla was or the conception of Kunla was is is up for debate um, yeah his teacher they always like to say that the, oh his teacher was a warrior woman uh, but the rest of his women and the women in his life have a very like fond uh, fond uh, the former wife of Manon Machnir and yeah. then wife of Manon Machnir again gets very hard done by as well yeah, and he's like, oh, I'll, like, I'll take whichever one you want. 
and the other one should just forget all about me. <laughs> you know, it's it's um, yeah. I uh, I think, uh, and then the 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 opposite the opposite problem. Finn McCool and Cool Colin are two ends of a spectrum, and yes. Finn McCool has the opposite problem where it's too perfect, you know. Uh, until his old age and the story of Jim and Grant. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, just dig down. But again, this is the thing you can play with these characters as long as you don't go too far off the. They exist on this narrow path, and you can lean one way or the other slightly, but you bend it too much, it's going to snap. But so much is believable in the stories of Ku Cullen. We all know someone who's who's like that. But that's the great thing about uh, doing Irish stories and Irish folklore, is that um, it gives you a glimpse into uh, how the mindset of people has changed over time. Whereas yeah. when that story was written down, it was very much cool. Colin could do no wrong. The hero, there's a bit of machismo in there. Yeah, a bit of machismo. Was, of course, he doesn't care what women think, you know. Um, much to his detriment. Much to his detriment. Yeah, uh, and uh, oh, uh, Maeve asserts herself in the place of a man, and of course, cool. Colin and the Red Branch Knights put her back in her place. You know, it's. Uh, you can look at the story now and say, are those the, are the villains the same? You know. No, I, I, and I, I think this, this, why these stories are still so relevant is that is, is that the issues are still there, mm-hmm. but I suppose you can, you can take those different angles and look at their behaviors and see, see how it applies today because people's behavior doesn't really change. The society we exist within obviously is, is going to change, but that's that's reflected in the stories we look at. Even something as simple as the Giant's Causeway in Fionn, and that's fan fiction. Yeah. The Giant's Causeway is made to explain an unusual la- feature in the landscape. Mm-hmm. But we see Fionn there as being such a different character. And it's his wife, who we could argue over her name, <laughs> for three podcasts. Yeah. But you just, yeah, you see the, mo- the morals of the time being applied to the stories. Yeah. Definitely. And it's interesting as well that when uh, Monon wears his cloak, like Emer had originally said, well, if you want to go off at fond, you can, because you're clearly in a very lo- loving relationship. Yeah. Then the cloak of forgetfulness comes along. If, you know, if, if maybe one of us was Emer, uh, we might say, well, just because she's forgotten about you doesn't mean I've forgotten about this whole ordeal. I'm walking yeah. away, you know. Um, but she didn't, so she obviously then must... Like, when I look at Kukala, I see so much that's problematic. But Emer must have looked at him and still found something to love. That's, that's, that's what interests me. Yeah, it's amazing to hear you kind of even, even saying that because it's your judgment of Kukala. <laughs> and it's, kind of, it's you as a young man looking at that and going, by your standards, yeah. that is bad behaviour. And then you just look at how... Deirdre, and again, it's a beautiful telling of the story, mm. how Deirdre puts so much of herself into it, you know? You see that mm. that, that strong, independent woman who's, who's not willing to, to compromise on, on their beliefs. And that's to be, that's to be applauded. Yeah. Uh, and in The Death of Korea, which is a story I, I often do, uh, the Ku Cullen in that, again, uh, is essentially using a woman to defeat one of his old enemies yeah. promising her the sun moon and stars if only she'll let him into the let him into the fortress um 
was, uh, it's a, while he, he is problematic, it's actually a, a very fun to talk about him. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we all love a villain. It's yeah. just now we look at him, at, we do look at him as a villain. Yeah. His behaviour would not be, he'd be cancelled straight away. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and rightfully so. But it's, it's kind of, it is really just such a window into, into the people, you know, when these stories were being written down and being passed off. You'd have to wonder, like, yeah. you know, like after ourselves and after Deirdre, how the stories will be told in another, you know, 40 years, another, yeah. another 80 years, you know. Still here in the in the National Leprechaun Museum. <laughs> we'll still be here, party. <laughs> the only difference is we'll be in a display case. <laughs> we'll have we'll have donated our bodies to science. <laughs> well, I'd hardly call it science, body, but, <laughs> but it's why I love these. It's also nice being able to sit down and talk about these yeah. stories. You know, it is, it is, in the in the absence of the storyteller. This episode of National Leprechaun Museum Talking Stories podcast features Paddy Holly and Marco Geron. The jealousy of Emer was told by Deirdre Quinn. Thanks for listening. Slán go